everyone. Welcome to Geek Rant episode 240-something, probably. Not entirely Ish. sure. Um, this is another one of our filler shows. This is the last one uh, uh, before we come back live. We'll be live with you next week. So we're looking forward to uh, to that, and uh, hopefully you're looking forward to it too. I am your host, Mark, the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockerel, and joining me this week, as always, especially in these last six weeks when we haven't been here, are Chris, the Command Line Godfather <laughs> Neves, and Seth, the Gooey Kid Anderson. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Mark, Seth, everyone out there in Internet Land. I hope you had a good week since I we haven't talked in a while. And I just started singing the theme song to Casper the Friendly Ghost in my head. It seemed to fit with the rambling you did there, Mark. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but. Well, because we're not here, but we're here. So we're kind of haunting the interwebs. Ooh. You know, don't, don't go for my head. Uh, that would be a great show title, Haunting the Interwebs. Nice. Or a podcast name, maybe. <laughs> yeah. We're giving up all our great ideas, folks. Just take one. I know uh, Brian Brushwood talked about one time uh, uh, doing this sort of uh, digital ghost where you set up a dead man switch that you yep. have to log into a website every year on your birthday. And if you don't, it starts tweeting out on the date, uh, tweeting, Facebooking, whatever, on the, the same date, everything you've done over like from the beginning of time. So on March 1st, 2016, if that's when you died. On, uh, it would start re reporting, uh, tweeting like as far back as it g could get all the Facebook posts you made on March 1st, 2009 or whatever and going back. And so you're just haunting the web forever. Um, and, and I think it's a neat idea. I'm not sure if it would be cool or a source of pain or, or maybe both. I'm not really sure if it would be catharsis or, or torture, but I guess you could always mute or unfollow, but it would be an, mm -hmm. uh, a way to, yeah, you'd be like not only a ghost, but anachronistic ghost, like walking around in Victorian dress, uh, talking about, <laughs> you know, going to see the Civil War with my wife that was out seven years ago. Um, I think they, they should make another site like Facebook Remembered or something where that way you could go and let and you know kind of allow the ghost in or something uh you know ring of salt um broken ring of salt that would be the website you would go to so you know because the circle of salt to protect you and you break it so they can come in and so you could go to broken ring of salt and you know be eligible for whoever's social network hauntings yeah. when you when you could do a facebook memorial when somebody dies we did that when my sister-in-law died uh you just send them proof of death a death certificate or an obituary or something like that um and they turn your page into a memorial where um, it can still be posted to, uh, but obviously the 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 user is, account is disabled. But your friends and people who were your friends at the time can still post to it. And so on my sister-in-law's page on her birthday, people still log on and and wish her a birthday. It's a uh, happy birthday. It's kind of morbid, I guess, but it's also kind of cool. It also disables all the, hey, I'm going to remind you that this dead person's birthday is this week or this dead person's uh, sure. anniversary is this week. It turns all that off, but also leaves the page up as, as a living memorial uh, to the person. And uh, it's kind of cool, but it's also, it's, there's a definite creepy factor there. Yeah. Just a little bit of a creepy factor, but you get, yeah. the, you get the opportunity to, you know, have a shared space for loved ones. It's a memorial. It's a grave. Mm -hmm. It's a digital headstone at that point. And I think it's cool that Facebook does that. Yeah. I wish they would, you know, maybe because I've done the same thing with a couple of, of friends and family that have passed, but I wish there's a maybe a banner so people wouldn't say, well, whatever happened to so-and-so, 
when they've you know when they come back to say you know they, they they get the alert saying hey this is this is a birthday um but there's no way of bannering it saying that this per you know rest in peace or well it does uh on the uh like if you go to uh, my facebook page right now i'm going to go pull it up uh and you it says you know mark cockrell and then it has my um uh banner there in my profile picture when you go to my sister-in-law's it says remembering and her name so there there is that indication that that we're we're remembering her there but otherwise the facebook page looks identical you know and you see postings here uh, again usually on uh, a special day you know somebody says i i I miss you see you soon Mm -hmm. or somebody says i love you sweet fan i miss you um you know things like that, so it's kind of cool. Uh, and there is, you know, it, you have to look at the word remembering and 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 get that. Uh, but otherwise, it's a very subtle sort of thing. There's not a black banner or anything like that. Yeah. So I wish there'd be a little bit more of a, not quite a blunt baseball to the he- baseball back to the head, but a little more of a, you know, even if they change the, I don't know what that thing's called. The where right now you have the charming way of with yeah, words. You're. you're uh, I can't think of what that's called. Banner. Is, what it's is that called. what that is? Even if they just put the banner as uh, in remembrance with the big letters or something. Co- cover photo. There it is. I had to that's go to my word. page to look at it. Your, that's your cover the word. photo. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that you might think this is a, a total uh, uh, rabbit chase, and it kind of is. But our first news story this week is about Facebook. Not about memorializing dead people, but about uh, pump, uh, pimping out uh, anti-conservative bias. Uh, Facebook is being accused of that. And at least on the surface, Facebook is saying they're going to look into it. I think they're going to look into it about as far as it took to write that press statement personally. Yes. Um, and of course, by the time you're hearing this, this will be old. The story is dated from May 17th. But Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg last week announced that the company would investigate allegations that its trending topics feature had an anti-conservative bias. And they are quoting him. We have found no evidence that this report is true. So, you know, again, I don't know, because it seems to me that the the trending things that show up in my thing are anti-conservative but of course you know the i have this one guy i think he might not be real he might be a bot that looks for the most conservative stories on the internet and it happens at like three or four in the morning you know he likes 15 or 20 of them and so i get to see those but that's because a person and my friends um liked them and they don't show up on on trending topics but i think one would reasonably assume that Facebook has an agenda and I'm fine with them having an agenda because like if you watch Fox news, you know, this is a conservative leaning, um, news network. If you watch MSNBC, they're at least as liberal as Fox news is conservative. So just, you know, if you're, if you're using Facebook for your news and you don't like people that do conservative things, then they're kind of liberal left-wing leading things and just take it and go and, you know, acknowledge the the beast that's in the room and go on about your day. So I, I've, I've opened my page and I'm looking at the trending topics right-hand side now. I'm just going to read them, uh, the first few of them. Uh, Star Trek Beyond, new trailer release for upcoming science fiction 
sequel film. Mars, planet comes into opposition, will be closest to Earth for the first time since 2005. San Diego Gay Men's Chorus, Padres apologize after group's national anthem performance disrupted. Billy Crystal, actor impersonates celebrities and politicians on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Tyrannosaurus Rex, dinosaur may have had lips that hid teeth, researchers suggest. Jamie Foxx and Katie Holmes, actors not engaged or having a baby, representatives say. Fitbit, fitness trackers, heart data rate inaccurate by 20 beats per minute, lawsuit study says. Shawn Michaels, former wrestler, attends Game 5 of NHL playoff series after invite. Butts County, Georgia, 16-year-old student shot and killed at graduation party, police say. Those are, uh, there is a couple there that you might consider liberal bias, but they're all things that, that are of interest to me, more or less. Uh, dinosaurs, Star Trek, uh, space. Um, I don't care about Jamie Foxx and Katie Holmes. I don't care much about Billy Crystal. Um, my wife has a Fitbit. Uh, uh, I live near Butts County, Georgia. So, uh, just a random unscientific sample looks pretty fine to me. I wonder if it has a lot. I think it has a lot to do with who you are watching. You know, who's your friends and what they're posting. So when I go to the politics section on the trending topics, I've literally never spent as much time as I'm spending right now looking at this. I ignore it 100% of the time. I didn't even know that there were tabs across there. But you can go top trends, politics, science and technology, sports, or entertainment. So when I kick the top trends, when I get the Billy Crystal one again, I get Barack Obama, U.S. president, urges Congress to pass $1.9 billion funding to fight Zika virus. Mullah Akhtar Mohammed Mansour, Taliban leader killed in U.S. drone strike. Katie McKinnon and Larry David, comedians play uh, U.S. Democratic candidates on Saturday Night Live. Bernie Sanders, Democratic presidential candidate, says he supports DNC chair's opponents. Um, these all, they're, they're relevant political topics. Uh, okay, Barack Obama uh, uh, and Bernie Sanders are definitely left-leaning, but that's just two that I got to pull out of there. Um, and, and Barack Obama is the president, so if you're talking about politics, he's going to come up. So... Just in uh, my super unscientific review, I'm calling BS on this. Well, okay. I have Barack Obama, uh, Bernie Sanders, and Hillary Clinton. I don't see anything for Donald Trump or right wing. So right. Fair point. Fair point. Again, I wouldn't say that they're as left as MSNBC, but I would say they are left of center. I mean, that's a good point. And everything I said there, there is nothing overtly conservative. Yep. I don't see anything for Trump either in my trending feed for politics. Now, I have given Facebook minimal signals. Um, where There's a place on there where you can go and show your likes. I, I'm not finding where it is right now. But if I go look at my likes, there's, it, it's going to be in the single digits. But, <laughs> I don't like things. Yeah, But every website you go to that has a face button, a Facebook like button on it. Yeah, if you, you're logged um, into Facebook, yes. Yeah, and you know, and are you not logged in to Facebook across all your devices, uh, like you're logged into Google across all your devices? I'm not. I'm only you're logged not? into Facebook on on Firefox on this one computer. It's the only time I ever do it. Uh, well, I'm logged into Facebook across everything because I don't like typing out my password every time I go in. So, and I'm pretty conservative, Mark. I might be more conservative than you sometimes, and I don't see any conservative things on mine. You know, I'm not clicking on, you know, anyway. So not super left, but left of center. 
So the going on to the Tech News World article, they uh, uh, quoted Gizmodo, says, spoke to five former curators of trending topics who selected news from a list of topics provided by Facebook's alg algorithm. So the algorithm starts finding things that are popular, and then people pick out what they do. And it says that they were reportedly told to select articles from a list of preferred media outlets uh, that would regularly avoid certain sites, such as the Blaze, Breitbart, and also the, but they were not restrict specifically instructed to do so. So if you hire liberal people to curate trending topics, you're going to get liberal uh, bias in your trending topics. That makes sense. But you can't ask somebody if they're liberal or, or conservative when you're hiring them. That's against the law. So I don't know that there's anything that Facebook could actually do about this. They could say, all right, make sure you have at least one Trump article, but now you're skewing the results intentionally the other way. But here's the thing. Asking if you're liberal or conservative is not asking if you're Democrat or Republican. So would that be illegal? Because you're not asking their political parties. You're just asking their leanings. Well, you know, I... I that's a bit of a red herring I threw out there. It's not hard to define somebody's, uh, to determine that in a very short period of time. You could ask them a right. few questions and figure that out. Plus, they all work in Silicon Valley, so they're already liberal. I mean, that's kind of a given. Definitely. Liberal-ish. Right. Yeah, liberal compared to me. <laughs> yeah, they're more liberal than a uh, a Texas Democrat. Just, you know, because a California Republican is more liberal than a Texas Democrat for the vast majority of people. Uh, but the whole this brings into the the wider topic that that we've talked about, the filter bubble, the idea of if if you the, the Internet, as it stands today, allows you to insulate yourself. The ring of salt that Seth was talking about, uh, you could you could keep out evil spirits or um, evil Republicans. Uh, you can do that in your Google searches. Google will personalize your searches based on what you do. And if you only ever go to liberal stuff, you're not going to get conservative search things. If you only go to conservative stuff, you're not going to get liberal search things. Uh, I, I'm not, I still don't know. We've been having this discussion um, in the industry for, you know, almost a decade now, and I still don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I don't think anybody can argue that it's not a thing. Yeah, I personally, I think it's a bad thing because you don't know, you only know the straw man arguments of the other side talked by people whose job it is to put them down you don't know what the other side says um you know and so having we you know and of course i'm not old enough to know was walter Con cronkite liberal or conservative but i'm old enough to say i miss the days of walter Con cronkite you know when it was a news person you could respect to and whether this is true or not the perception was he presented the news without bias and I don't think you could make that case of anybody at Fox or MSNBC that they present the news without bias. But that's that's an interesting. I, you can probably trace it all the way back to Woodward and Bernstein, but maybe before that. But um, you go, you talk. I've done it myself. Uh, you know, when I was in college, and and when I meet college age people now who are in journalism, or whatever, you ask the question, "Why do you want to be a journalist?" And the answer is usually something like, I want to make a change in the world or I want to help people. Wrong answer. Journalists <laughs> report what's happening. They don't help anybody. I'm sorry. They just don't. Uh, but we have this mentality of, of, of agenda-based journalism. Uh, I want to, here in Atlanta, there's a, a television station where their, um, their tagline is holding the powerful accountable. 
and I don't know what it is. NBC five. What I don't even know what it is. I can't because it's not that important to me. In fact, it's a turnoff. But that's their whole thing. They feel that their journalistic um, purpose in life is holding the powerful accountable. No, 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 no. You know, you misunderstand what journalism is. Journalism is saying this happened today. That's by definition journalism. Reporting is reporting the facts. Um, commentary is and and uh, editorial has its place and it's appropriate, but it's not journalism. And it's okay to have both. You know, uh, Paul Harvey called his shows news and comment, and he made it very clear when there was news and when there was comment. And his comment was, you know, uh, conservative, and I get that. But uh, he changed his tone of voice. He 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 gave context. He let it be known. Um, and so there is a, is important that you have editorial staff in a newspaper, but your entire newspaper can't be an editorial organism, or at least it should. Well, it can't, and continue to be a newspaper. You, you're either okay. news or you're editorial. You can't. I'll give you that. You can't consistently be both. Seth, I agree. You you got a furrowed brow there. What's what's going on there? No, I my my browser was stuck, so okay. I was like trying to pull up something. I was getting ready for the next topic because I don't know that there's much breath left in this horse. Well, there there is because I want to go uh, even further down there. What okay. what's fascinating to me about this is we are lumping Facebook in as a journalistic entity. When did that happen? When did Facebook become news? Facebook was a place for people to get together and share their own ideas. Uh, actually, original Facebook was a place to get together and, and rate whether or not people were hot. But, it, you know, <laughs> the, the general consensus of Facebook is connecting people and, and sharing information. When did it become news? Why is this even a thing? So what if Facebook's trending topics are, are liberal? They're not a news organization, or are they? Well, but here's the thing. They control the flow of information because, you know, they have the Facebook algorithm. But who knows what the, does Facebook even know what the Facebook algorithm is? Okay, well, I can, I I'm can stop my, you there because okay. that's, you, you, that's a whole different point. They control the algorithm, but it's not a news organization. It's a social media network. It's a gather. It's a watering hole. It's a water cooler in the office. What responsibility does the water cooler have about the conversations that take place in it? I get that you're 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 taking it down the road of fairness, but when does Facebook even when does that matter? That's not who they are. They are not uh, Facebook News Incorporated. That's not what they do. Have we given yeah. them that power? Have we ceded the power? Are we so dumb that we can only get information from from our our peer networks? Okay, but if I click on politics on Facebook trending topics, it doesn't take me to what other Facebook people are saying about politics. It takes me to a selection of political stories. So it is offering news at that point. It's offering and stories. It's offering stories that are on Facebook right now. Trending topics. These are things that have been shared on Facebook. That's where it comes from. It doesn't scour the web. They don't have a bot crawling the web for news. They have people who are posting things on Facebook, and that's being added to their algorithm. This is a topic that is trending on Facebook because people are sharing it. Okay. And if they only put the liberal-leaning ones in there or the left-of-center ones in there, well, then, of course, those are going to be the ones that are trending because they're the only ones that they're saying are eligible to be trending. Uh, I don't follow your logic there. They're, they're looking at things that are already trending. Like the algorithm says these are the things that are have been linked to many times. 
right? In the last week, you've seen the woman with the Chewbacca mask laughing her head off a uh, hundred times. That's a trending topic. It's nowhere in my list, um, but it is a trending topic. It's on Facebook. Um, and so, again, I want to separate the liberal versus conservative and focus on, is this is Facebook a news site? I think it just started becoming one. Um, honestly, until this story came up, I didn't even realize that stuff was over there. I thought it was an ad. So <laughs> it, it is a it is it might not be a new site, but it is a site that offers news. Facebook is trying to be a lot of things, and one of the things they are trying to be is a site for news. Don't go to Google and search your news. Come to Facebook and search your news, and we'll present the smorgasbord of articles for you to pick through but how fair is it if the people who are choosing them and you even read it in the story they're picking sites that are left of center now you know if if you're left of center or right of center it should be a problem because if every if this is the stuff and like it or not and we don't like it facebook is how most people interact with the world these days or their computer it seems so if the only site if the only stories you get to choose from are that and you're not someone who has developed your position then or even if you have developed your position it's eventually going to migrate after the stuff you um, are subjected to so uh i what i was hoping you would say and you didn't leave me there um, was uh, there's a there's a much touted survey. Uh, it's over a year old now. It's uh, by the um, the uh, Media Insert Site Project. They surveyed millennials and said, "What do you get your news?" And um, something I'm, I'm looking for it here as I'm trying to talk, but it was something like 45 percent of millennials get their news exclusively from Facebook. So we have made Facebook. A news organization, and I'm I'm sorry I can't find the study and talk at the same time, uh, but it's uh it's it's something that's been thrown around a lot in in blogs and podcasts uh, over the last year because it's about a year old. Uh, but we've made Facebook news because we're too lazy to go anywhere else to get our news. Um, that's so that sounds normal. They've become a face. They they uh, Facebook doesn't pro, uh, uh, proclaim to be a news site. We've made them a news site. Because the only it's it's like if if the only store you ever go into is a Walmart, you're only going to know things that that are on sale at Walmart. And and as here, if the only place you go, the only website you look at every day, uh, is is Facebook. And and there's evidence to suggest that that's the case. That the internet means Facebook for a growing number of people, both young and old. It seems to be the the really young and the really old fall into that category. If you're seventy plus, the odds are the internet means Facebook to you. So the yeah. only place you can get news is from Facebook. But that's that just because we use a tool for something, just because you hammer a nail with a wrench doesn't make it a hammer. And so we're we're holding Facebook to the to the standard of being a news organization when they're not, just because people are using it and saying this wrench really is a terrible hammer. I can't hammer this nail straight for anything with this crescent wrench. We should we should sue the manufacturer for making a defaulty uh, defective crescent wrench. Well, and people would have. People do. <laughs> Okay, but again, if the company stands for giving everyone a voice, but it only gives the microphone to the people on the left side, is it really giving everyone a voice? Huh. I, and I don't want to be in the case of defending Facebook here because 
I, I I'm not a Facebook defender. I just want to make sure that we're we're talking, uh, you know, all sides of the story. And and your analogy there, you just said that Facebook is only giving a voice to certain people. Um, they're only highlighting certain trends. The trends are there. Um, does Facebook have people that go out and make posts on Facebook? Are there, I don't. I'm asking this question. I don't know. Can you go and say Facebook says today that this is a post by Facebook? If the answer to that is no, then 100% of their content comes from from the users, and so everything they put is the voice of the users. Now, okay. they, there is some bias. Anytime there's a human involved, there's going to be bias because humans are biased animals. So you can't eliminate bias. The only way you can do, the only thing you can try to do is be balanced, and that's forcing bias on both sides. Right. And so, you know, and it gets back to the thing, don't pretend there is no bias. Just admit the bias and then go on. But, you know, don't make the big show. I'm not aware of any bias. And then, you know, where your tagline is, you know, we just want to give a voice to everyone, but our curators magnify some voices more than others. But yet there is no bias. So, you know, you can't have it both ways. And it's there, just admit it and go on. Don't pretend it's not there. Well, and that also goes back to the people that are publishing these or, or posting these things to Facebook. Maybe there's just more of that voice than than the other side. Ah, that's an interesting thought. Is there really more people, are there more liberals posting to Facebook than conservatives? Is that your point? Yeah, that's exactly my point. Because if, if you know, in the in the thought process, there a conservative wouldn't be embracing these type of technologies as much. Huh. I don't know that I buy that statement. That conservatives don't embrace social media. I'm a conservative on social media. Yeah, um, but am you're I also. Un, but am I unusual? It, by yeah. your statement, I'm unusual. Is that the case? That would be my guess. I mean, but just by but going off of the, is- of the things that are being posted. I would sit, I would infer that there are more um, of the right posting. The left, you mean? Or yeah, the left. Okay. Excuse me. I get my left and rights mixed up. Seth, your thoughts? Well, I had not even considered that, but you know, if there are more liberals than conservatives on Facebook, then you would expect to see more liberal posting, and if. I hadn't even considered from that point of view. So, huh. Interesting. It makes sense, though, because if you're posting or liking things of that nature, that's what's going to show up for more right. and more viewers. That's the way the that's the way the Facebook uh, formula works. So would you I'm, I'm just following your your line of thinking. Is there. If, uh, let's let's stipulate that Facebook is the the left leaning social media. Is there a right leaning social media, or do right wingers don't use social media at all? I don't think there's enough hmm. on that that may use social media, but they're not posting and liking on social media. Interesting, because I, I, I can kind of see your point there. I'm, I'm, we're making this stuff up as we go, but, uh, it would seem to, to hold, it passes the sniff test that right wing conservatives are more likely to draw you to their 
place. This is where I post. This is where I control my mm-hmm. domain. I'm going to put a link to my article on Facebook, but I'm not going to post on Facebook. Whereas the the left-leaning people are more likely to use the tools and publish on those tools and be less interested in, in uh, uh, sending people to their domain. And the reason that I think that that is, is because that uh, right-wing people are accustomed to their, their message being distorted. And so they want to put it in a place where they can can control or mitigate the distortion. Um, what do you think of that, Seth? I had not considered that, but that makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, I could throw out the right wing conspiracy theory response for this, but I'm not, this isn't the place for that, but it makes a lot of sense that, um, I, I hadn't considered that line at all because I guess I fell into the right wing thing of, you know, they're out to get us. So I look for anything that says they're out to get us and conveniently ignore right. any evidence to the contrary. So we had three different uh, uh, ways of looking at this. I went immediately as I am, as I am want to do to classifying things. Are we classifying things correctly? Are we calling a doc a doc? And and so is Facebook a news organization? That's what I focused on. Seth, you focused on it's the man trying to keep me down. And and Chris went to, well, only only liberal people use Facebook. And we all had three different things when we read this article. That's well not 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 that liberals are using Facebook. It's that there are more liberals using right. the, the the Facebook uh formulas. Or not formulas. Uh, I, I can't say that word all of a sudden. Algorithms. That's it. Algorithm. I still can't say it right. Huh. All right, we got way more mileage out of that one than you thought we would, Seth. <laughs> I really, we did. Uh, I so, think mine. I think my idea works the best. It fits. It fits what's being shown. Well, of course you do because you came up with that idea. <laughs> we always think what we think fits the data the best. Um, hey, everyone out there in, in 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 our in our lovely audience, what do you think? Yeah, put your two cents up there. Let us know what you think, even though it'll be. You know, way down the road, but let us know. I'm curious. Oh no, what no. Do you See, we're back next week. We're this is the one oh, just before, right. so we're back next that's week. Right. We can respond to this right away. So send it. I want to know. I pseudo send us a, a thought on this one. All right. Let's talk a little bit about hard drive stats because what better to follow up Facebook news with than that? Yes, and Backblaze released their um, quarterly hard drive. Um, Report and HGST is still the best hard drives, but even Seagate and Western Digital, um, their reten- their failure rate has gone down. So they go up better. Uh, yeah, it seems as if you know that that one silicon mine that had the crappy silicon, I guess, got played out, and everybody bought from the other things, and it's just going better all around. So uh, you can go to this Ars Technica article, or you know, click and read the Backblaze one theirself, and it's just really neat. You know, of course, HGST hard drives—that's the company that was—that's the hard drive division that at one point was IBM, and they spun them out, and IBM put quality in it back in the day, and so they still maintain that. But like I say, even Seagate and Western Digital are their hard their failure rate is going down. So by this by the numbers here by this uh um what's the institution uh uh who's the company. Backblaze. Backblaze. There we go. Black Backblaze has been doing this. They've been pu- publishing data for three years: 2014, 15, and 16. At least that's what they're comparing here. HGST 
consistent 1% failure rate across the board. In 2014, it was really high at 1.1. 2015 and 2016, it went down to 1.03. They got their act together. Seagate, in 2014, 9.98. In 2015, 10.68. Call around the numbers and say 10%. Then they got their act together, and now they're at 3.5%. A 3% error rate, I consider okay on anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Toshiba was at 4%, 4 4.5, 4.23, and then back down to 3. Um, Western Digital uh, is is much higher, but still, you know, not terrible. Uh, 2014, uh, they were at 8.78%. 2015, they dropped to 7.3, uh, 7 and 3 quarters. And then in 2016, they're at 6.5. I would go to Vegas on 94% odds. So the worst of the bunch, you have a 94% chance of being error-free. But if you really want the best of the best, HGST is offering you 99% success rates. That's that's some good numbers right there. What's the yeah, numbers the- on the each each line or each bar graph? Is that the number of drives number of drives tested? tested? Yeah, I think so. Okay, but look at I mean the the so Toshiba the they only tested don't quite work for me when you're yeah. testing almost ten thousand drives on some of these and some of them are only getting fifty eight drives tested. Well, a part of it has to do with they they buy in large lots. And they can't get the number um, of Toshiba drives at that price to make it economical. But the thing that gives the Backblaze uh, report validity is, you know, since they started tracking in April of 2013, they've logged over 1 billion hours of aggregate drive usage. So, you know, they're testing, you know, Across all lines, you know, some sample sets are larger than others, but they have literally thousands of drives in operation at any one time. And they no. test the four gig um, drives because the they say the higher gig drives, they're still too expensive on the price point that they're looking for. So, you know, again, you know, yes, some of their, uh, like the Toshiba drives sample set is smaller, but it's simply 47 because, drives. yeah, they can't find them in the bulk that they normally buy in okay so that's an interesting set it's uh uh four terabyte drives you said right no you said four gigabyte oh i did i'm sorry i mean nobody's nobody's actually using a four gig hard drive so they'd be testing something nobody (laughs) uses uh yeah so uh four terabytes or, or or above but yeah that that's interesting so in 2015 they only tested 47 toshiba drives and had a four percent failure rate so that's a very small sample size whereas hgst they tested 22,000 23,052 in the same uh year uh huh. that just seems skewed to me that that looks like lying with percentages to me doesn't it I mean, I want to know the sample size. If if HGSTs are so great, have them only test fifty drives. I want to know what that failure rate. Apples to apples for comparison. That's a good point. That 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 might be an interesting uh, thought, Seth. What do you think about that? Uh, well, only test the lowest number that you can get from from whatever manufacturer can give you the lowest number. Test that number of all of them. That that seems less scientific. Well, no, it's more like there. That's how many drives they have of right. them or it's the same percentage of you know you don't want to test two percent of your hgst drives and compare that result rate to a hundred percent of your toshiba drives you oh, want to okay. test the same percentage across all lines and if you go to the um if you go to the uh, actual report it breaks it down to more 
uh, in more granular detail where they list not only the manufacturer, but the model number and then how many drives it has and how many failures there were. So some of them, like, uh, you know, some of the Toshiba drives, they only have 40 or 50 of at a time. But then again, if you've got 45 and you have zero failures, that's 0% versus 4,000 and two failures, you know, you have the percentage rate is much higher, but could the sample size is smaller, but you know, and like I say, they don't claim to be the definitive thing. They're just simply reporting on what they have. And right. Right. But on my thought for this, Seth, if you are a buying manager and you see a graph like this and you're not paying attention to what those numbers are in the bottom, what drive would you buy? Well, yeah. And, and again, you're seeing the Ars Technica summary. When you go to the actual Backblaze and you look at theirs, then they show you, you know, they list it by manufacturer and model, um, as well. So, you know, you know, this is the equivalent of just reading the headline. And when you go to backblaze.com's blog, that's the full article. So, and they actually address why there are less than 45 drives of some. And if you want to go in there and read it, you can, but, um, I think the takeaway here, though, is that manufacturers are getting better. We're we're getting better at this process. Um, yes, you know, uh, we we're just the 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 giant terabyte the the four terabyte drives are are still relatively new technology, and we're squeezing. You know, uh, Toshiba, I think it was maybe Seagate uh, back in the late nineties, early two thousands, went with the perpendicular drives. They were the first to do that, and now everybody's doing it that way. And now, you know, we've coming up with new ways to store things, um, and we depend on error correction. All of our hard drives, uh, even the solid state stuff, um, much of it depends on correcting the errors within the drive. And we're getting better at it. And so I, I consider that to be interesting. Uh, and when you run all the numbers, uh, on the, if you're at the backblaze.com website, they say their average failure rate across the board, averaging and then the good and the bad is 1.84% failure rate. That's, that's pretty good. Um, considering all the math that goes on, I say this all the time about computers. The more I learn about them, the more I'm amazed they ever work. Mm -hmm. Right. So your hard drive, uh, I've in my, in my life, I have done thousands of hard drive installs and I can think of less than 20 failures. Um, that just absolute hard drive failures, not, been on for 10 years and failed, but like manufacturer didn't work failures. Um, and they were all either Seagate or Western digital, but that's because that's what I could afford to buy most of the time. So that's, that's not fair. But the point is, um, the, the, your data is safe for the most part. That's the takeaway I would come uh, come away with for this. Well, and these are all spinning disc drives. I want to make sure that everyone realizes yes. these are not solid states that they're, re that these were, you know, um, being tested. Um, solid states do have a failure rate, so don't think they're bulletproof either. Yeah, and yep. currently nobody can afford the large terabyte, uh, large size uh, flash drive, solid state. But that's going, that's getting better. I go back. Yeah, they're they're getting close to the point where I'm going to start replacing my stuff in the house with solid state. What what I found when I started making the move to solid state is that I didn't need as much space as I had. I you know I replaced a. Um, an 80 gig drive or whatever with uh, a much smaller one and didn't notice the difference. I think most of us 
have more storage than we actually need on our devices. Now you may have a server that you know you actually need some some devices, some some power there. But for, I think most for the most part, we're using you know much. Uh, we have much more space than we actually need. Well, and this that goes back to the show we just recorded that aired a month and a half ago, because now <laughs> we access everything from the cloud and we don't Good store point. it locally and we pay for the privilege of doing that. So, yeah, you don't you don't need to pay up front because you're paying every day. All right. I'm I'm blanking, Chris. I need help from the command line. Godfather, how can I determine from the command line what the size of my drive is? Oh, um. Is that DF? No, I won't do it. Yeah. Right. You, you, you put, you put me, me on the spot and I can't think of it. You let me down. Um, so in Windows, I could right-click in properties, but I, I, I can't. I don't know how to do that in Linux. I, I so rarely have to do it. It's like this. Oh, give me a second <laughs> to find my notes. Damn it. You always do that. You put me in the spot. You're uh, supposed to be an L. expert. That's not fdisk space hyphen l will list out all of your drives and exactly how much space you have on each one no, i got nothing blankness what? just saying i got nothing try anyway. with the uh I, i'm let's... i'm gonna move on from this okay. the point is i don't even know how big the drive is in my in my laptop i don't know but I've got more than I need because I've got Dropbox and I've got Google Drive and and I've got another you know dry, uh, machine upstairs that that I put real stuff on. Yeah, and you probably you know like in what'll be soon in my house is I'll have a, a file server set up with who knows how many terabytes of storage that when I do the, my replacements for my solid states for the computers that I have, I'm not going to put a 500 gig drive in them. I'm just going to link to it of my file server. All right, moving on, our last story for the night, the uh, SWIFT uh, uh, protocol, is that the right word for it? Yes. Um, is in trouble, and people are trying to keep it quiet. Yeah, because, you know, um, and the, this is from a Softpedia, Softpedia news article that, second, uh, that another bank recently suffered cyber theft via SWIFT, and I can't remember what SWIFT stands for, but it, it's an acronym. Um, basically, it's a CMS for moving money between banks. And it's one of those things. It wasn't so much hacked because the protocol got broken. It was user credentials were hacked, and the system was used outside the way it was supposed to, and the banks didn't realize it. So, you know, Society there was Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. There you go. A bank in Ecuador lost over $12 million. Um, you know, city has lost money, other things, but this is one of those things you don't hear about. Um, the banks keep it quiet and they don't report the things to Swift, which doesn't turn around and report them to the other banks. So nobody knows that there's a problem and they need to get training on because I mean, if you were a bank, would you want to fess up to the fact that you just lost $12 million? Um, so yeah, it's one of those, it's kind of like, you know, for a long time, it was the myth of Apple invulnerability. You didn't need security on Apple because it's invulnerable to all kinds of malware and human stupidity. And, you know, both claims have been proven false. And the same thing with Linux. Nobody uses Linux at home, so you don't need any antivirus and you're free to do whatever because, you know, it's, it's impervious and that's not the case. So it's the same thing here. It's one of those things that just, you know, again, this is you can do everything right. 
and you know your bank could be shut down because somebody at the bank did something wrong and lost all all their money and you know in america you have the fdic that guarantees a certain amount i don't know what protection other countries have if their bank closes so the the old saw is that you're only as good as your weakest password not necessarily you're only as good as your bank's weakest password you could mm-hmm. you could have everything secured but if their admin password is password 123 uh, super secret because it's an at instead of an a, um, then, you know, you're in trouble. But yeah, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation uh, in in the U.S. will do up to $150,000 per individual account. I think that's right. It used to be 200. I think it's down to 150. Um, so you can, you're protected here. The government will pay that out, which means you're paying it, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and this is one thing from uh, from this article. Um, neither BDA, which stands for Banco del Astro, which is the bank in Ecuador, nor Wells Fargo, nor Citibank told SWIFT about these attacks using its system. And coincidentally, Citibank's managing director, who is also SWIFT's chairman, and he failed to tell his engineers about what happened. So, you know, hey, our security is great. Nobody's told us there's any problems, so we don't need to work on the security when everybody knows there's problems. Just nobody tells and makes it official. Yeah, and these banks are, they'll eat the money if they can because they'd rather pay it out than than suffer the, the publicity. And if they can't, they'll just go away. Right. Along with all your money. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is you guys, when I was reading that article, or when I I saw the link and I saw Swift, and I was like, "How did, how how did Apple's programming language cause this to happen?" <laughs> because that's Apple's new iOS programming language is Swift. So I was like, "Wait, I had to reread that." <sighs> um, so just uh, an interesting side note. I I didn't even read the article, but it was a headline that popped up in my Google Now news where uh, a guy upgraded his computer and lost $67,000 worth of Bitcoin. Yep. Oops. Um, don't do that. <laughs> Have Store your Bitcoin data somewhere else. Uh, but lest you think that digital currencies will save us from all of this, um, wetware is always the problem. And we humans, we just suck mm-hmm. across the board. All right. Yep. I hate that to be the note that we go out on. Well, no, the thing is, yeah, the the thing is, is important is, you know, security needs to be an ongoing thing and bringing things to the light so that people can know there's a problem and take steps about it. You know, imagine if the, if these things were reported, then people would be on their toes that, oh, this isn't as bulletproof as we thought it was. And they would actually maybe come up with new reasons for not going to the security training. So security is important and it's something you have to think about constantly. That's the takeaway from this article. This is true. There it is. It's everybody's responsibility. Security is everybody's responsibility from the ground up. Um, do we want to do this? Nah, we'll just stop right there. Yeah. Um, So that's it for this uh, filler episode. We'll be back next week, um, and uh, we hope that you have enjoyed our absence. Wait, that's not the right thing to say. (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed that we were gone. Um, I hope you enjoy the fact that we're back. Yeah, that's even better. Oh, by the way, I I couldn't figure out the way to do it from the command line, so I fired up G-Parted, and it tells me I have a 450-gig 
solid state drive. Yeah, so, that would do it too. 450 is nothing to sneeze about, uh, sneeze at, but it's not the terabytes and terabytes. Um, and it's currently pretty darn full, but I'm not running out of space either. Anyway, that's, that's all there is to that. So, uh, tell us what you think about Facebook. Uh, you've already had a pseudo command. You have to, you have no choice now. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, go to elementop.com, click the contact us button at the top of the page that, uh, once you answer the world's hardest captcha, uh, fill out the form. That'll send me a, a nicely formatted email that gets priority in my in basket in box in bin. Uh, if you would, uh, prefer to just send us an email, go that way. You can go to five, five, uh, no, you can send an email to geekrant at elementop.com. If you want to talk to us, if you're driving right now. And you want to record a message and send to us, dial 559-IMOP. Say, okay, Google, call 559-IMOP. See what happens. I don't know if that'll work. Um, and uh, and let us know what you think, uh, uh, and we'll play that right there on the show. We we thank you for indulging us and letting us be away, letting us get a break, being with our families, getting to enjoy our own summers. But we're looking forward to being back with you because uh, we miss you when we're away. So look forward to talking to you next week. But for now, that ends this episode of The Geek Man.